Welcome to Psyched with Sherelle Hicks and Carrie Nichols, produced and broadcast by Zeus Radio Network for Hear Women Talk. Happy Friday, Sherelle. Happy Friday. Happy Friday, Carrie. How are you? I am good. I am good. I'm ready to blow this popsicle stand here after we get with, get finished with our gig this morning. But you, you've already done that, haven't you? Uh, blow the popsicle stand? Yeah, get the heck out of Dodge, hit the road. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. You know I'm a little slow when it comes to slang here. But, oh, yeah, <laughs> I'm in uh, Brotherly Love, the city of Brotherly Love in Philadelphia. Um, nice. I come up here and uh, go into a baby shower. Nice. Tomorrow, so we're looking forward to that. Cool. That sounds exciting. Are you going to do any sightseeing while you're there? No, I've been to Philly so many times. I've, the sights have been seen, honey. We're going to do oh. the baby shower. See if this lady has gone cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, having a baby in her 40s. And, <laughs> you know, a lot of women, they're doing that now. They're having babies in their 40s. Yeah, absolutely. I know. Well, you know, I think... You know, as a, if I were to do it all over again starting now, I'd probably mm-hmm. do it much differently. You know, I don't know that I'd have the same energy level, but I think I think I'd probably be a lot more patient maybe than I was when the kids were first born and, and tiny and I was pulling my hair out, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, I just can't see starting over at this age, you know. I can't see starting. I guess if I didn't already have children, it might be a different story. Mm-hmm. But... Since I do already, like, I can't imagine going through that whole process again. I remember thinking after Jessica was born that there was, like, this huge conspiracy out there. Nobody would talk about, like, nobody told you how hard it was to be a parent. Because, <laughs> man, it's hard. <laughs> when they're little, it's really, really hard. And uh, nobody ever told me that. It was a big surprise. Oh, wow. Yeah. You didn't have a handbook? Is that what you're saying? What's that? You didn't have a handbook to tell you how to raise a baby? Well, no. I mean, there are a lot of handbooks out there, but I just I had no idea how exhausting it would be. And just, you know, it's like there's just, they're big need machines, and they require every second. And, you know, you have to be constantly vigilant. And, I mean, your life as, you know, when your kids are little, just revolves around the children pretty much, tending to their every need, and, you know, they're, nothing about them is independent, and it's just, you know, it can be really overwhelming, especially when you have more than one. I remember after I had Brandon, I mean, there'd be days that, and I was a stay-at-home mom, that I would just sit down in the middle of the kitchen floor and just cry. <laughs> oh, wow. Did he cry with you? What's that? Did he cry with me? Mm-hmm. No, he didn't cry with me. He was such a challenge, man, that kid. Ooh. He was a tough one. But look at him now. Look at him now. <laughs> yeah, he's completely different now. It's so funny because when he was first born for the first year and a half, he was the easiest thing in the world, man. That baby was so fat. And wherever you put him, he would just stay there. He wouldn't even move. <laughs> he was, And I would, like, I tried to tempt him. I'd put toys, like, about four feet away from him, thinking that maybe I could get this kid motivated to just move. Mm-hmm. And he'd just sit there and stick his foot in his mouth and just, like, you know, happy as hell. And then once he started moving, when he was about a year and a half old, it was a comp- he was totally different. He was off the chain. He challenged me every second. He was, you know, just difficult times ten. And that was why, you know, I'd have the occasional kitchen floor cries. But um, And then once he got into school, you know, he became a little bit more socialized and a little bit, 
easier to deal with. And now he's just the most laid-back kid, man. You know, nothing mm-hmm. bothers him, nothing ruffles his feathers. He's just sweet. And In fact, someone came to my house, went into my garage and stole his scooter. I had a really nice little gas-powered scooter. And I'll never forget, we went outside to the garage. This was just a couple weeks ago. And I said, dude, someone looks like someone stole your scooter. And he just sort of looked at me and shook his head and got in the car. Oh, wow. I know. Yep. <laughs> he just rolls with the flow, man. You know, it's like he knows there's nothing you can do about it, so why get upset, you know? Mm-hmm. So, got to love him. Got to love him. So, well, you know, we've been, now. Go ahead. Um, we've been uh, talking about what is happiness, and mm-hmm. I am on to the third thought um, from the book, and then I'll be happy. Stop, stop sabotaging your happiness and put your own life first. So today's thought is happiness is accepting yourself. Be realistic in your goals if you want to make physical changes. Set small, achievable goals. In other words, don't plan to have an entire body lift if you're unhappy about the bags under your eyes. It is the same with weight. Losing 10 pounds instead of 15 isn't bad. Small changes add up to big ones. So that is the pursuit for happiness thought for today. What do you think about that? I think that makes total sense. I really do. I think everything Mm -hmm. is, isn't everything sort of achieved in small steps, you know? And so if you say, like, if you have a weight loss goal of, you know, really 50 pounds, I think it's good to break it up in chunks and say, you know, I'm just going to work on losing five right now. Or I'm just going to work on becoming physically active, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And that way you get to experience some more successes as you go along, which, you know, is, is nothing but motivating. Um, mm-hmm. But it's funny that you just said that, accepting ourselves as we are. I was just thinking about that a few minutes ago, how I think the older I get, the more I've gotten to the point where, you know, I've just gotten to the point where I say to myself, okay, this is who I am, and this is what I look like, and this is what I got to work with, and, you know, that's all right. <laughs> when I was younger, I always wanted to, I mean, I think, you know, our culture sort of makes it difficult on women because the only women that you ever see on television or in magazines or in movies are, are all perfect or gorgeous, and I think we all get the impression that that's what we're supposed to be. We're supposed to look like this perfect airbrushed version of a female and you know that doesn't really that's not reality and they're they're often not real either but you know I think it sets us up to have these expectations that are unreasonable you know and then we all sort of become unhappy with ourselves you know Mm -hmm. so I think you know I think if you just learn to sort of you know, find things about yourself that you really love, sort of focus on those things, and uh, whatever you are not happy with, you know, yeah, work on improving what you can. What is that serenity prayer, Sherelle? Grant me the serenity uh, to accept the things that I cannot change, and something like that, and the wisdom to know mm-hmm. the difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know all of it, but yeah, that's about right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know. Looks like it's time for us to get ready to take a break here, Sherelle. You ready to take a break, girlfriend? All right. Let's do it.
Welcome back to Sonic with Sherelle Hicks and Carrie Nickel. How you doing? You awake over there, Sherelle? Yep, I am right here with you, girl. I hear you, baby. You have any thoughts on what you were talking about in regard to happiness, your happiness thought for the day? Yeah, I'm taking this as, you know, when you set realistic goals and you reach um, at a realistic time, it makes you feel better. It makes you happy. I know a lot of times when I'm working with my clients, they have good intentions, uh, but sometimes they're very unrealistic. So then when they don't make it, uh, then we're back to the drawing board. So I'm going to figure this happiness thing out in a little bit. You better believe it. (laughs) You better believe it. You seem like a fairly happy girl to me. Oh, I, I, I am most of the time, most of the time. But I, know, I guess like when you sit and you listen to people all day and you hear a lot of sad stories, sometimes it can become a part of you. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I remember You remember what? I'm sorry. I, I, uh, I was working with this other girl who was a therapist in this other private practice where I was, and she was telling me how it was really affecting her and how she would, you know, take her concerns for her clients home with her every day and she was, you know, tired of worrying about how everybody was doing and whether someone was going to, you know, do something to hurt themselves and what their outcome was going to be. And, you know, I remember being like that, I think, when I first started and then I realized that that was making me less effective when I was actually at work because, you know, all the free time that I had that I should have been just sort of relaxing and recharging my batteries and stuff, I I wasn't. And so I wasn't nearly as effective when I was actually at work. And so I just sort of made the decision I had to let that go. You know, you just have to help the people while you're there and, uh, you know, and trust that once they walk out your door, I mean, they're going to do what they're going to do. You know, and you've got no control over that once they're gone. So worrying about it's not an option. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, I think when when I'm in a place where I need to take a vacation, it becomes a big issue for me. But I find myself um, some cases that I take, such as sexual abuse cases, kids that have been violated. Um, they stick to me, uh-huh. um, and I, I do have quite a few uh, adults who experience child abuse uh, as a kid, and, and in some cultures they say, you know, suppress it, take it to your grave, don't even talk about it anymore, and they become an adult, and they are faced with relationships and trying to be intimate. And it comes back again. So suppressing really wasn't a good idea. Right. Yeah. So. And I, I forgot. Yeah, you work with you work with a lot of kids, and I think that is tough. I mean, that oh, is yeah. a little bit more difficult to put aside. Mm-hmm. And uh, absolutely. And yeah, those scars from childhood sexual abuse—they run deep. Mm-hmm. And I've seen many clients who, you know, as adults. And even, you know, um, somebody that I was with at one point who had been sexually abused as a child, and it, I mean, it was just, 
had such a devastating effect on him as an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was very depressed and uh, and actually is now, you know, has gotten to the point where he's homeless. And, mm. and this was a man who was, you know, <clears throat> very intelligent, very capable, um, had a lot of really good things going for him. And then for some reason it just sort of backed up on him and, um, and it just, and it just brought him down, and I, I, you know, he's never been able to really recover. Mm. So, you know, it's tough. I went through this extensive program through UNC Chapel Hill, and you know, I think my philosophy before I did this class um, was to suppress it. I mean, that's that's the way that you know I was raised and dealing with issues like that. But their philosophy was to continue to talk about it and talk about it. Uh, every time the client came in, you, you go back to it. And I just thought, uh-huh. man, this is just so cruel, you know, that they have to relive this. But after going through this, you know, the, the program, which is an evidence-based program, uh, um, towards the end they, they changed their idea of I'm no longer a victim, I am a survivor, and now I can become an advocate. And um, it was a different philosophy, but I get it now, and, and I advocate for anyone that may have experienced any sexual abuse to get the help that you need. Um, for some, suppressing it may work, but why? We have great therapists out here that can help you um, work through your issues, and um, I just wish everyone well that may have experienced anything like this. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's interesting that you say that, you know, the victim mentality, because that was something that he very much identified himself as. Um, this friend of mine, I mean, he, he would often talk about how, you know, how he was damaged. He would say that a lot of it, he was damaged, and and uh, he sort of wore that, sort of that identity, you know. And it wasn't anything, you know, and I, I really encouraged him strongly to get a lot of help. And he just, you know, I remember him going to therapy, but it was very brief. I mean, I think he only stick, stuck with it like three times. You know, he went three times. And mm-hmm. and then he sort of gave up, and it just sort of enveloped him, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, very sad. We need to give our number out, Sherelle. If you feel like calling up the show this morning, we'd love to hear from you. Our number is 646-652-2071. So how's your week been, Shelby? You've been busy? Oh, are you kidding me? I have been extremely busy. Um, I attended a conference this week um, doing a health fair and um, and also keeping up with all my other clients, too. Not complaining. Uh, it was, it was uh, fun, interesting. Met a lot of neat people. Um, got some speaking engagements, and it was cool. Oh, wow. I'm looking forward to hanging out. All all the girls are coming in tonight, so we're going to hang out and do some fun things this weekend. What do you do at a baby shower? I haven't been been to one in forever. And what's a good gift? For a baby shower? Yeah. I guess, um, I guess, I don't know, girl, probably something for the child, maybe baby clothes, um, 
That's a good question. I don't even remember what some of the things were that I got for my baby shower, but, I mean, you know, you walk into any kind of Babies R Us or whatever, and there's probably a ton. And, you know, people usually register. Yeah, she's registered. You know, oppositional defiance. So I'll come up with my own thing. But I am doing pampers for uh, the first six months of the baby's life. I'm doing pampers and baby wipes. Isn't that cool? And it's going to be shipped right to our house. I believe that she can use that. What do you think? <laughs> yes. I mean, I don't think you can ever have too many um, pampers and baby wipes. <laughs> I remember going through bags and bags and bags of uh, of diapers, and feeling bad about the impact on the environment. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I did. I had some serious mommy guilt about you know every time I rolled up a diaper and threw it away. I was like, man. <laughs> so you didn't do the, the cloth sack diapers like the old women used to do back in the day. Sherelle, come on, man. <laughs> Remember how how overwhelmed I was when my kids were little, man? I can't imagine adding that to my plate. I was good just to get a shower every day. (laughs) I was always wearing nasty clothes because the kids are always, like, you know, spitting up all over you and whatever. It was, you know... (laughs) It was a challenge. It was the real challenge you know, when they were real little. But, God, they were cute, man. Thank God kids are cute when they're little because I think that's their saving grace. (laughs) (laughs) I remember one time, man, Jess, this was on the 4th of July, and Jess was probably, God, I I guess she was about two, two and a half, and uh, we were, I was getting ready. I was upstairs, and and, uh, she was downstairs, and, of course, I had to, the the whole house was baby-proofed and child-proofed, and, I was up there for maybe five minutes, and I and I remember thinking I had just purchased this brand new hot pink shade of lipstick, man. But it was a really nice, nice tube of lipstick. I'd gone out and spent some money on this tube of lipstick, and it was sitting up on my counter. And I thought, and it just occurred to me, uh oh, I came running down the stairs to find the child with the tube of lipstick in her hand, and she had literally used it to color an entire cushion on the couch. Oh. My goodness. <laughs> hmm. What do I you came say to that? I looked at her and she's like, pretty. <laughs> I was like, yeah, pretty big mess. Oh, man, the stuff they used to do when they were little. I'm just so glad I survived it. Now, if I can just survive their teenage years, I'll be doing real well. Well, let me ask you this. I have identical twin nieces, and they mm-hmm. act like they are such big enemies. You know, I work in the community, and and a lot of the kids that I work with, they know that, you know, those are my nieces. I'm like, oh, man, they had a real big blowout, and they were cursing each other out. And, and they're only like, they just turned 13. Um, but they have been fighting ever since they were babies. They've been and fighting? It, yeah, I mean, like, don't want to be around each other, and you know, we had an incident that happened, and, and I I went over to the house and sat with the girls, and I wanted to know how involved they were in each other's lives. 
did you know your sister was going through this? And she's like, no. And, like, they just can't stand each other. And it's like, my sister and I, we love each other. I mean, we don't hang out like we used to. But, you know, whenever we are in need of each other, we're there, you know. Right. And I know what's going on in her life. Were you that close to adolescence, though? Well, I I guess I, I guess for for us we didn't have any other choice because mom would ring the hammer down, you know. Right. I have a sister that's a, a little bit darker than all of us, and if we would call her any names, mom would jack us up. It's like this is your sister; you don't disrespect. So I, you know, I don't know what my sister's, you know, what she does about it, but. And I called my sister. I was like, "Look, do you know that?" The girls are just like acting ugly towards each other out in the community, and she was like, "Oh, girl, you late." She was like, oh, "We've been to the church, and you know, to, to the front of the altar. They had a pastor to pray over them." She was like, "I just don't know what to do." <laughs> oh, Sherelle, it's time for us to take a break, honey. We'll be back okay, soon with more sight. Welcome back to Psyched with Sherelle Hicks and Carrie Nichols. We've got a caller on the line. Miss Dawn's been holding on, waiting to talk to us. Good morning, Dawn. Oh, hi, girls. Um, I was just listening to y'all about happiness and what does it mean and everything. And um, Well, of course, happiness means different things to different, me- different people. Excuse me. Right. Different things to different people, um, just like values and morals, right? And um, for me, I I would sure be a lot happier if I could find myself a, a good job that I enjoy going to day in and day out, you know, and something uh-huh. that brought me a little more, a little more something than just a small paycheck, you know. Right. When you say a little bit more something, what do you mean? Well, when I say a little more something, I say um, something that brings me joy and fulfills me in some way or another. And, you know, you can do that by having a a 9-to-5 job, but something that you really enjoy doing, you know. Um, And I just don't know what that is for me. Not here. I knew what it was for me in California, and I knew what it was for me when I lived in Massachusetts. But the last five years I've been in, in Little Beach, and it's like, geez, nothing here has done anything to fulfill me, you know? Right, right. So it sounds like maybe what fulfilled you in those other two jobs doesn't it, it doesn't feel like it might be fulfilling to you now? Yeah, well, you know, before I was in education and, 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 and um, getting people to come in and, and take classes, and, um, and, and it really made me feel like I was doing something not only for a nice paycheck because I was making sweet commissions, but um, I, I was also doing something to empower people, you know, right. and that uh-huh. really, you know, made me want to get up every morning and go to work. Of course, you know, making those commissions were great, too, which yeah. I, I just don't see out here, you know. Oh, you don't see the same opportunity anyway. to do what you were doing there in, in Myrtle Beach? No, this is just not the same kind of opportunity, and and I think about leaving all the time, but then you think about 
having to start over and and you know and whenever you do move somewhere else you got to um you have higher bills and so on and yeah. so forth and you got to meet new people and you know it's it's just this domino effect and I don't know I guess I'm just not ready to leave the area but boy I sure wish I could find something that would really fulfill me yeah. yeah, and it sounds like doing something to help people is something that you found real fulfilling before. Yeah, I guess so. Anyway, wow. thanks for taking my call. I know you probably Absolutely. got other callers. Well, thanks for calling. Good luck with your search. Okay. Thanks. Sure. Sherelle? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's quiet. it. <laughs> That's that's interesting. I, I I love South Carolina, but I I don't I don't know if uh, that area would be for me either. Raleigh is a challenge at this point in my life. I'm it ready is? for an adventure, Carrie. Are you really? Oh yeah. When you say new adventure, people, new things, huh? You need to change the scene, huh? And it sounds like oh, you're talking yeah. more not just a temporary basis, huh? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I got my eyes open, Ladybug. I know you do. You've been talking about this for a while. I'd hate to lose you, though, man. You're talking, cause you're talking hey. about far away. Of course, I could come visit you, but, you know, I hate it when people I uh, love leave. <laughs> it's all about me, Sherelle. <laughs> yes, Carrie, it is. But listen, we're only a Skype interaction away. The Skype thing is, is so cool. And right, a, right. a plane ride, you know what I mean? Right, I hear you. Oh, my gosh, we got a call from Big Al. Come on, we Big Al. Big Al, you on the, on the line there, man? Good morning, ladies. Happy Friday. Happy Hi, Friday. Hi, how are Hello? you? Happy Friday. Hello? How are y'all? How's everybody? Yes. Great, great. Uh, can y'all hear me? Absolutely. Hello? Yep. Hello? Hello? Hi. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. What you got going on this uh, weekend, right. man? I see you over there. I see you over there in, uh, in Philadelphia this morning, huh? Absolutely. I'm close to your well, hometown, right? Yeah, Hello? Well, Can you hear me? You're, you're, you're yeah, closer there yeah. than I am from, from uh, and, um, and actually, thank you. And actually, uh, uh, North Carolina, but whatever, uh, y'all have some good topics this morning. The abuse, the, the, the 40 year old. I'm going to go with the 40 year old for right now. That is, <laughs> okay. I was, 42 year, I was 42 years old when I had my, daughter, my, my last daughter. And oh, believe me, it is a piece of work. It's the, it's the most humbling thing you ever have to go through. Only good thing about it is that I was a little more experienced in the lab when I went to Maker. But other than that, I was trying to run behind him in PTAs and and uh, uh, like I'm, I'm the I'm the president of the policy council board in the, of her Head Start program. Well, she's in the second grade now, but I'm on the governor board now. And it's it's this is my blind experience, but. I wouldn't trade it in for all the tea in China, though. Really, it's, it's it's a great thing to sit back and actually watch them grow up. I have two other sons. I have a thirty-year-old and then a twenty. He's twenty. He'll be twenty-four in December, and wow. 
and now I have a seven-year-old. Now that makes me forty-nine years old. Last oh week. wow! Yeah, yeah, so you're thinking about you're thinking about having them babies in the 40s. And, you know, just think about when she's in, you know, in little grade school in fifth or sixth grade. They're like, who's your grandfather? You know, when you go up <laughs> in the school there for. <laughs> oh, did what you say the only thing? good thing was I was a little bit more experienced in the lab when I made her? Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah. You know, you're in the laboratory. You're a little more experienced when you get to be your 40. You're turned into love making. It's not just having sex. It's considered love making. Oh, so in the 40s. Al, let me make sure that I'm clear about this. So in the 40s, you make love babies? Is that what that is? Excuse me, say that again. I said so in forties. I said so in your forties you well, make love babies, right? Yeah, Is that what kind you of sort of. I mean, when I was young, it was just jumping around and, and you know that type of thing. And now it's like I don't slow down a little bit. I take my time and you stay there when you finish. It's just a whole different process now. <laughs> so it's still good, you know. So. So is is like the whole love making thing for you about pleasing your partner? You know what I'm saying? At, very got, much so. Very right. very much so. It's not about you know how many you can have anymore. It's about that one that you can have enjoy themselves. You know what I mean? You can go through nine hundred people in nine. Oh, hang on, that's that's exactly now you will change it. But you can go through say fifty women, and none of them will please. You know what I mean? You believe it, they'll talk about it. You know how you win again. You know, I talk about a brother when they ain't doing what they're supposed to do. So. Better know her. But anyway, Better know. I, I enjoy so, myself. I'm enjoying, so Al, this. I'm enjoying this, this raising a child thing. Yes. So I need for you to give my girlfriend a shout-out. I'm sure she's listening to, to the uh, uh, show this morning because uh, there's been times yes. where she goes, oh, my God, what have I done? This is her first kid, you know. She said her pelvic area yeah. feels like it's opening up, her hips hurt. So I'm, we've been listening <laughs> so to this. Made, right now so she said uh, she made a big mistake. But yes. <laughs> good morning, and, and I, my blessings go out to you, girl. Keep doing what you're doing, but don't have no more children. It's, it's rougher when you when you see your 40. <laughs> It's a, Thank it's you, a lot God. more fun to raise and you can like for me now listen, I'm 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 an overweight guy. And for me to jump around, my daughter's in camp and I got in different little activities and me trying to run around and be a part of, you know, her growing stage, it's a piece of work, believe me. It's a it's a piece of work. So when you get to be a little older, think about think about that, that child making thing though. Well look now, you know when now, when I when I mention, you know, like to my friends or something like that, or, you know, if I'm just talking to people and I say, yeah, I'm going to Philly and my girlfriend, she's 42, she's having a baby, it, it's interesting to see the different reactions to it. You know, people that have had well, kids. Yeah, because and... Go ahead. People people respect that more because they know the maturity. I mean, for most, I'll say for most forty women, forty year old women or men, the maturity level is a lot different as opposed to when you were twenty three and just glad to be a dad. I, I had my first child when I was nineteen, and I had like Kerry uh, um, said it earlier, there's no pamphlet for it. I thought it was like the greatest thing since sliced bread. That oh, I'm gonna be a dad. Here I am in college, like high five in my. I never forget. I'm in my my man Bobby uh, Bobby Duckett's room in college, and 
I got the phone call. Oh, uh, I'm pregnant. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, I didn't know all about this here. You know, the child. Well, I ain't never had to go through the child support thing, but that was a financial break being in college. You know what I mean? And she yeah, was oh, in college. She ended up dropping out of school. I don't know if it's a thing of regret anymore. You know, that, but it's a whole different, you know, process that you go through mentally at 40 that you don't go through when you're 23 or 19 or 18. Excuse me, it's a total different, a total different strain on yourself. And a lot of people, you know, they don't be like they say, you don't finish school, you don't pursue your career. Having a child, when you're 40, you somewhat, and you know, 42 years old, that's somewhat, you should be all done what you had to do by then and be on the down slope then. So now it is better to raise a child at 40 as opposed to when you're young. It should be not as much as a struggle. I know it's not as much, it's not as bad as a struggle for me, even though I have less money than I do now when I was 24, 25, 26, you know, in my 20s and 30s. But I'm content, and that's where, let's go to the, let me, let me break stride now. Let's go to the happy. The Dawn, you did not sound happy. She really didn't sound, I don't know if she needs to go back to Massachusetts, get out of South Carolina, but that's, she did not sound happy. And for me, no, I am just one of the happiest people in the world since I moved from New York to North, to North Carolina. I'm going to actually die here. I'm waiting to go to closing any day on my house. I've been here. I've been in my house six years, and I'm waiting to go to closing any day. It's supposed to have been today. I'm not even supposed to be on the phone. I'm actually supposed to be at the lawyer's office. But... <laughs> All kinds of different circumstances. You know, you know now when you buy a house, they want a DNA, and they want all kinds of... Oh, yeah. <laughs> all kinds of other, they want to know where every little dime comes from. I play poker, now picture me to a living telling you, oh, yeah, I got this $12,000 <laughs> 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 poker. You can creatively finance some stuff, can't you, Al? <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, Carrie, remember we used to sit on the couch and we used to look out my back window here, and I used to be so depressed because I didn't have a pot to pick out of. You know what I mean? Yeah. Me and my yep. wife, and my wife was getting sick by the day she ended up losing her eyesight. This is just for the past three years, you know what I mean? And she's only 40. My wife is, uh, I'm, she'll be 42 uh, next week, 10th, as a matter of fact. And we'll have 10 years married uh, to 12 wow. next month. Put up with this month, uh, actually. For a long time uh, now. But I, I, <laughs> happiness, happiness is actually something that you can, that you and only you have to create. And there's a lot of levels of happiness. There's financial, I mean, a lot of things that, 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 that keep you from being happy, too, which is finance, uh, romance, uh, substance. Yes. There's a whole, <laughs> whole lot of things that, that keep you from being happy. You know Absolutely. what I mean? But at any rate, though. Well, thank you. And also, you. Entries, a, a great gift. Uh, what you say? We, we got to go to break, man. Thank you so much for your call yeah. today. But quick, we quickly, Cherise, take some Pampers. I bought a girl last week, $270, uh, 270 Pampers and 700 and something whites. Best gift you can give her. All right. Thank you so much, sir. All right. <laughs> All right. Have a great Enjoy weekend. Enjoy your day. Have a nice, have a nice you weekend. You too. You too, lady. All right. All right. Bye. We'll be back with more from Psyched in just a minute. Welcome back to Psyched with Sherelle Hicks and Carrie Nickel. We've got another caller on the line. We've got Mr. Smith with us. 
Welcome to the show, Mrs. Smith. What can we do for you today? Yes, hi. Actually, this is my first time listening to you ladies, and I really enjoy everything, even the whole conversation about the diapers and everything. I'm actually 44 myself, and um, first, um, this, uh, this is my first time hearing you. I actually was referred to this station by one of your clients, and I hear you're excellent. So I, I actually enjoy listening to you as well this morning. Um, I'm 44. You're welcome. I'm 44, oh. and I, I don't have any kids. Mm-hmm. I, um, I wish I had, um, had, had I did it one time maybe, and at one time I had, had, had considered it because I'm, um, I'm a gay woman. I, I would have had to go through more, you know, more more steps to to you know achieve this. I wasn't going to do it the you know right away. <laughs> I was going to go through different channels, and it was a it, which made it more of a, um, a decision. I guess I had to you know ponder: Do I really want to do this? Do I really want to? At forty two at the time when I thought about it, and you know, um, Sherelle, I had decided not to, which to the day I regret. Because, like the gentleman said earlier, you you're more you're on a more mature level, and you, you know you're. I think when you get to your forties, your thirty eight, forty, forty two, then you you're better. You know. Hello. What just happened, guys? I think we lost the uh, caller there, Sherelle. Okay. But I tell you what, we're going to go to a quick break right now, and um, and and because actually Carrie's phone just died. Oh, that's probably oh, everybody just died out. Huh? Yeah. So so hang on one second, guys. We're going to go to break and get Carrie back, and uh, we'll be okay. right back. We're more psyched. Welcome back to Psych with Sherelle Hicks and Carrie Nickel. Looks like we were having some technical difficulties there, Sherelle. Yeah, it sounds like it. I'm sorry, Miss Smith. Please call back again. I know. Please call back next Friday. We would love to take your call. Uh, technology. It's great when it works. <laughs> well, Sherelle, I hope you have a wonderful time in Philadelphia this weekend, girl. I, I'm going to try to. I definitely I know. I know you will. I'm actually I getting ready to. Break. I know. For my children next week. That's it, girlfriend. I'm telling you what, man. I mean, I, you know, I've gotten to the point where I've realized for myself, I need to get the heck out of where I am and just get a change of scene, at least once every couple of months. You know, every three months or so, three four months, just to you know keep it fresh, as my son would say, keeping it fresh. <laughs> so I have. So the first one was dealing with happiness and the key the the third key to happiness is setting realistic goals. So our call and how, you know, is Yeah, and having goals. I mean some folks don't even have them much less setting you know, so I think having some goals and some things to work towards keeps you focused, keeps you motivated keeps you, you know, growing and, and learning. So, yeah, having goals so and having realistic goals. 
myself a girlfriend in uh, South Carolina, Myrtle Beach, Miss Dawn. Uh, we might need to set some realistic goals on how to get out of there or uh, create some happiness down there. Yeah, absolutely. And if you, you know, and what I found too is if you're not finding meaning in, in what you're doing for a living, you know, sometimes it's good to do something on a volunteer basis, you know, to, to bring some meaning to your life. You know, and it, it increases your social circle and your network and, you know, keeps you feeling good about what you're doing, keeps things fresh again. So, mm-hmm. and for all our, our ladies out there that's setting those goals, uh, to have babies in your 40, keep it realistic. Um, and realistic is you can do it. Uh, Absolutely. From people with, with experience, when you have babies in the later part of your life, you tend to have more patience, maybe not enough energy, but you'll get through it. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't think I can do it, but yes. <laughs> And we appreciate the call from Big Al today. He's always a blast to talk to. He definitely is. Thanks, he really Al. is. He's I'm a- enjoy myself up here in your area. I meant to ask you about a good restaurant, and I want some good seafood. But we'll figure uh-huh. it out. Mm-hmm. I can't say going to Philadelphia would bring up thoughts for of seafood for me, but... <laughs> you know, I, I can pull out seafood anywhere I go, because, you know, in Philly, it's cheesesteaks and... You know, Italian ice, but I can pull seafood out anywhere I go. I don't want a cheesesteak. I hear you. It's too heavy. Yeah, yeah. And my trainer yeah. seems yeah. to be able to figure out everything that I eat. So if I, if I just stick with seafood, I'm good to go. <laughs> as long as it's broiled, baby, not deep fried. You got it. Don't do that. <laughs> well, have a wonderful weekend, and... um I guess we'll get back together next Friday at uh, 10 o'clock for some more of Sight. It's been a pleasure talking with you this morning. Have a great weekend. I love you. Be careful. Love you back, girl. Take care now. Bye-bye. Okay. You do the same. Bye. Okay. Thank you. All right, ladies.